Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to episode 200 of Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's milestone episode, I speak to the editor of 2000 AD, Matt Smith, about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. Now, that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to the past 200 episodes. Some of you might have been aware that from this point, I'll be pausing the podcast in order to focus on my own writing. In particular, from the new year, I'll be publishing a sci-fi thriller novel that I've been working on, chapter by chapter, on a monthly basis, called Alpha Guard. Best described as Jack Reacher in space, it's about a bodyguard on Mars whose skills and resolve are tested to their absolute limit with a new VIP client. And you can find out more about that and subscribe for free at alphaguard.substack.com. And of course that link is in the show notes if you'd like to click through onto that. Uh, And lastly, I wanted to thank Comic Scene for being the sponsor of the podcast since very near the beginning. And I wish them luck for all their future endeavours. Be sure to visit comicscene.org to find out more. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello Matt Smith, how's it going? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. I've I've been very glad about the blue sky today. Um, did you do you have much blue sky in your neck of the woods? We did, yes, yeah. It was a lovely day uh, today. Cold, but um, but yeah, yes. yeah, blue sky. And somebody told me today that there might be some snow next week. Yes, yeah, crazy. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely nuts. Um, and this this is a, a, a little bit bizarre because um, I'm talking about snow next week and things, but of course this is episode 200 of Comics for the Apocalypse. Um, and uh, yeah, when this actually goes out, um, the listeners might be thinking, "Why are we talking about snow?" Because it might it will be more like the summer when this actually comes out. <laughs> but um, the reason that um you're you're here um on episode 200 is because you're a very special person but it's very well known but for 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 any of our uh listeners outside of um dread's orbit um what do you do in the world of comics (laughs) uh well i edit 2000 ad um the galaxy's greatest comic uh, comes out every week and also edit um the judge red magazine the uh, monthly sister title um and i also look after the uh hachette partworks um collection which is um, currently up to its um 142nd issue i think something like that um so yeah yeah those that's 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 what i do fantastic and of course you you're the the longest standing editor for 2000 ad as well so it's a it's an absolute honor to have you on the show matt um and um yeah i mean what what does that feel like to be the longest standing editor for 2000 ad um yeah it's it's i mean um yeah if i i mean i i kind of i kind of stuck around really i mean i um i've, I've struggled to kind of think of a job that i could do that would be as much fun as 2000 ad um so uh I was just kind of kind of carried on doing it. Um, as I, I worked in I worked in book publishing before I started at 2000 AD, um, 
and comics is, is a lot more kind of immediate and a lot a lot less there's a little bit of snobbish snobbishness in uh, in book publishing and um mm. comics is a lot more down to earth um so um so yeah com- comics just just um it's really really kind of fun and you know you you uh, really get along with all the freelancers you you deal with um so um so yeah so i kind of i kind of stuck around doing it and it's ended up being 20 years and uh, uh yeah <laughs> It is. It's incredible. But you actually started at the offices of 2008 in the year 2000, didn't you? Yes, that's right. Well, yeah, before I, I, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, when I when I was um, when Andy Diggle was the previous editor, rung yes, me up to tell course. me I got the job as assistant. He then let me know that um, Rebellion had bought the comic. Um, so uh, yeah, so I started directly as a Rebellion employee, but we were still we were still working out of um, Egmont's offices. Uh, well, we uh, well we had to search for a, for an office for ourselves. So for about it was about a good couple of months or so that we were still we were still in the in Egmont, um, but we weren't actually part of part of the company. And um, yeah, we had to find a little little two man office in uh, in London uh, for ourselves. <laughs> nice, and and that cost an arm and a leg, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, don't know, I, think, yeah. <laughs> I was going, I was. Uh, I was going out with a with a copy of Loot in the Evening Standard, um, looking at all the uh, all the offices to rent, and um, and luckily we found a found a decent one that was uh, on uh, Borough High Street near London Bridge Tube Station, um, nice. and that 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 became the uh, the nerve centre for about um, eighteen eighteen months. Oh, that's awesome! And yeah, no, it's just amazing that you know you being the longest standing editor joined. Um, 2008 in the year 2000 um, and uh, yeah no it just it, it feels like fate <laughs> and as you say <laughs> you, could, you, you couldn't think of a, of a funner job so I mean long may it continue <laughs> yeah 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 no I mean no as a sort of as a reader I've started reading 2000 in 1985 so the uh, yeah I couldn't couldn't ever imagine that, um, that I'd end up uh, end up be editing it sort of um, you know to a 20 years later or less than 20 years later incredible incredible um and uh i mean where's where's the best place for people to find find your work online of course people can kind of you know uh buy 2000 ad in uh in basically every news agent and supermarket across the country and every comic book shop um but uh you yourself you've actually done some writing in the past as well haven't you um yeah i've um i've written i've written um some uh some novels and novellas um so mo- mostly 2000 d related ones so um yeah there's about there's about uh there's one full-length dread novel the final cut which came out in 2005 published by black flame when they had the license uh and then i've done three three dread novellas um which which were published by rebellion which i think you can get in an omnibus omnibus editions um I did a Strontium Dog novella, um, which you probably can get from the 2000 uh, website. And um, oh, and the, I've done the, uh, three uh, Dead World novellas, which were all collected up into into one one omnibus that came out um, a couple of years ago. Um, and then I did a zombie horror novel for Abaddon, which was Rebellion's um, genre fiction imprint came out in 2007 um which i think you might still be able to get on amazon um that got that got put into an omnibus of zombie zombie novels as well um 
Yeah, and uh, I've done a bit of done a bit of comics writing uh, for the IDW uh, Judge Dread Year One, um, which I I think you might be able to get the graphic novel of that still. I don't know, but uh, it came out in twenty twelve. Uh, but this, but that's currently being reprinted in the magazine at the moment. So, uh-huh, and then I've got the Anderson series as well, which will be which will be in the magazine uh, from a couple of months' time. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my output. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, fantastic. Um, now, all that being said, I do have some bad news for you, Matt. Um, right. And unfortunately, uh, there's been a zombie outbreak. Um, okay. They're they're walking, stroke, potentially running wild. Um, and uh, my first question for you is: What is your action plan for survival in a zombie outbreak apocalypse? Um, I think I'd um, I find a secure place, um, preferably with a kind of moat or a embankment of some kind. Um, there's a there's a park near my mum and dad in South London that had a kind of that's got a kind of mansion house in it, and that's got a kind of um, a dry moat thing around it, and a fence. And I always thought that would be a good secure place for a, should there ever be a, a zombie outbreak. So I try and find something like that. Nice. Hold up, up there. Absolutely. Is is anybody joining you? Um, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I should better bring the family with me. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they may be great. Own, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So you hold up, held up in this uh, mansion with a dry moat, um, and you're able to kind of, you know, somewhat uh, fend off the zombies um and one evening um you're kind of keeping the the lights low but you've got a small fire going um and your family just spark up a conversation about just about comics really because they they you know are wanting to remember what 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 dad used to do um and uh the the first question that they ask is so what's the first comic you remember enjoying um well yeah the first comic i ever got uh was um jackpot um which is an old ipc humor title um i can remember i must have been about five uh and i got the very first issue which came with a plastic fake licorice uh sellotape to the front (laughs) um and uh yeah that was my first exposure exposure to comics um and um yeah i kept getting kept getting jackpot every week uh until it merged with buster and buster kind of uh consumed it and it and i kind of stopped getting it a little after but uh, after the uh the buster merger um so that that that's that's a comic that has a certain um place in my heart as the, as the very first comic even though i can't remember huge amounts about it other than uh, although Rebellion now owns it, of course, because it was part of the um, a part of the, uh, the 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 huge raft of comics they uh, they acquired a few years ago. Um, Full yeah, circle. Only, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only characters I kind of remember from it are Ivor Lott and Tony Broke, which are these um, two kids that live next door to each other. One that's really rich and one that's really poor. Um, oh. That's about that's about the only strip I can remember from it. Um, so um, yeah, after um, after Jackpot. Um, I think went on to there was another another humor title called School Fun I used to get, and then the the um, the revamped Eagle came out about 1982 um, when I was about uh, ten, um, and I used to get that and um, and kind of enjoyed that and until it until it started to go a bit 
rubbish and kind of gave up on it. Um, and then, uh, and then I got into Scream, and I would say that Scream was the first first comic I I truly truly loved um, before two thousand AD. Um, I was I was uh, I was quite gutted when uh, when Scream when Scream folded because I didn't have it didn't have a long life, but it um, but what it what it what it uh, what it published in its short lifespan um, I absolutely loved. Um, it was uh, it was kind of scary and sort of thrilling, and uh, and quite and quite sort of irreverent as well. Um, so yeah, so Scream Scream possibly could be my first my first true comic that I uh, that I that I loved. Yeah, that you you, you properly properly enjoyed. Um, I see on on the Wikipedia thumbnail you get three fangs. Yeah, this number yeah. one issue apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, classic! But yeah, no, as you say, I only ran for fifteen issues. I know, I know. five specials. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they. I mean, the, 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 um, the feeling that it, that it was a journalist strike that kind of um, that kind of killed it off. But um, according to John Sanders, who was like the the uh, the head honcho at IPC, and he, he brought out his memoir um, last year. He. Um, he reckoned that Scream died because the kids didn't find it scary enough that they that they they could see scary yeah. stuff on uh, on TV. Um, so it was uh, it was it was um, he reckoned it was it was brought to you know brought to a stop because it just wasn't wasn't selling enough. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it was a it was a shame. It, um, shame it went because uh, it had a lot a lot of potential. No, that is a shame. Um, but obviously, yeah, that's what kind of like spurred, spurred your love of of comics. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that that yeah. was. Um, and uh, yeah, after after, um, I think I started maybe started getting two thousand e possibly when Scream was still going. Um, but um, but yeah, um, when I when I got the first issue of two thousand AD, um, it seemed you know uh, light years away from from what I'd, what I've been reading up to then. Um, you know, I'd I'd kind of stopped getting eagle because it seemed a bit kind of juvenile and a bit um, the story the stories were getting a bit silly. Um, but mm. yeah, two thousand D the artwork just seemed so much more sophisticated and the stories were were so much more you know um, intelligent and imaginative and uh, and yeah, just in the and sort of like the level of the level of violence and action in it and stuff. It just seemed it just seemed so much more mature comic. So. Uh, so that was yeah. The two thousand he just hooked me from the first from the first issue I bought, and I carried on getting it right until um, I became editor of it. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Persevered and remained persistent. They got to the top. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of like during during your teenage years, for instance, I'm just trying to get kind of like a track of you know how this all panned out. So um, you know. Did you have aspirations at that point, like during your teenagehood, to that you'd want to go into comics? Um, no, not at all. No, I mean, I, 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 it, comics is sort of was something I never considered I'd be able to get into because it seemed like a whole other world, you know. Um, I, I would mm. never consider, you know, writing a comic script and submitting it to the into um, editorial. Um, no, I mean, I, I'd, I'd always been interested in writing, right? You know, right from when I was little, and I, you know, I'd always, 
would have liked to have, you know get a get a job in um that involved writing or or some form of publishing um but um but no comics comics was uh was something i'd uh just seemed just seemed like something that you know i i knew nothing about and wouldn't wouldn't know how to how to get into um i mean when i you know when i dis i discovered that my lo- my local town had a had a comic shop um in my sort of in my um late teens and uh and they ended up doing there was a 2000 he signed in there one time for one of the yearbooks and like grant morrison was there and mark miller and mm. alan mckenzie and john smith i think um so i went along to that and brought my and brought my <clears throat> book to sign and just went in there and they went along and they signed it and i walked straight out again you know i didn't sort of hang around to talk to them about how they got into comics or writing comics or anything like that i was just um i just you know i just didn't uh didn't think that that was that was kind of something that i'd uh i'd ever, ever be involved in so um so no no it came it um it was just the when the when the job job came up i just thought oh you know i could uh i could try try for that and uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough to um, to get it. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic, incredible! Um, and uh, moving back to the mansion, um, your family uh, eager to find out more about your comics reading history, um, and they ask you, "What's the funniest comic that you've read?" Um, the uh, what, what, uh, what was my f- funniest funniest comic? Um, I mean, I've always, I've had a, I've, I've always liked um, D.R. and Quinch in uh, in two thousand AD. Um, um, but yeah, the well, the one, one thing that's this 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 the states um, true to my heart, which isn't quite isn't um, quite a comic per se, but a comic strip is is Calvin and Hobbes. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's. Um, I've absolutely loved Calvin and Hobbes since 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 day one, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 you know the the writing, the artwork um, is just is just you know absolutely spot on. And uh, I recently got um, this complete collection, this this box complete collection of Calvin and Hobbes, oh, cool. um, which yeah. and so I've, I've not you know I got it um, last year I think, and so I basically read the entirety of, of it from you know from wow. beginning to end. And um, yeah, absolute incredible piece of piece of work um, that uh, that I think remains remains my favourite ever ever newspaper strip certainly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I and it, it takes real skill as well, doesn't it? Like just to evoke emotion in like three panels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill, Bill Watson's drawing is just um, the way. Yeah, the way you can just like do a do an expression or you know um, a little yeah. Um, a little aside or a line. It's just, um, yeah, he's he's amazing. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, I'm yeah fully in awe of of, uh, of of his work. Very cool, very cool. Now uh, changing gears, um, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Um, yeah, uh, well, again, a 2000 AD um, story. Um, stuck in my mind is is um is when uh we think that johnny alpha is dead at the end of uh the ragnarok job the strontium dog uh, series um for anyone who hasn't read it um yeah this 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 villain from his past max bubba turns up 
and um and um stakes them out and and uh, and shoots them and um yeah the final panel is just um alpha kind of lying lying there with your kind of face turned to the turned to the reader and um for intensive he looks he looks dead and at the time when i was reading it which must have which would have been about uh 87 maybe um so i would have been so about 14 or something um yeah i was absolutely shocked i you know strontium dog was one of my favorite stories and suddenly it looked like the hero had just been killed off um and it really shook me kind of um uh and then it turned out the next week of course that he wasn't although, although wolf his his partner was definitely dead um it turned out that johnny wasn't dead um but um but yeah for that for that for that one week between issues i um it was really uh really quite sad um and then of course johnny alpha did die uh <clears throat> for good at the end of the final solution but somehow that didn't affect me quite so much because the story wasn't as, <laughs> as um wasn't as good and it had taken so long to get there that you kind of uh it kind of lost its um lost some of its emotional impact um but um but yeah that that's 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 the thing that always sticks in my memory as uh really sad but outside of 2000 i'd also say that um there's some been, been some bits in saga with uh brian k vaughan and um fiona mm. staples that have um that have been really really sad and really quite affecting um yeah. that's uh that's been one of my favorite favorite um us comics for the last uh, last few years for sure um and yeah no that's that's really interesting that yeah the actual death didn't affect you um as you said you, you weren't quite as invested in the story but maybe you were primed before that <laughs> yeah maybe well. mate, i was or maybe I was, I was a little bit older i mean that that um that came out about 1990 1990 something like that um but uh yeah yeah i don't know yeah the yeah the yeah the, it was it felt like it had, um yeah the story you were just waiting for the story to end and it did end with Johnny dying. You think he kind of does a slight shrug of the shoulders kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't didn't quite have the emotional um, impact as the as the previous stories. Fair play. Um, and then changing gears once again, um, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Um. Uh, yeah, the scariest comic I'd say. Um, I. Um, got the first series of crossed um the garth ennis and jason burrows um horror series that um avatar put out uh and um yeah there's some stuff in that that was really really quite um unnerving um i never got any i never i never read any of the any of the previous series that they uh they put out because um a lot of it just seemed like it was um grossness for grossness sake um but um certainly that certainly that first series um there were bits in it that were um yeah quite unsettling and uh and uh and quite scary um i'd also put in a um honorable mention for um neo nomicon the alan moore series that jason burroughs also drew mm. um that was that was quite um that was quite unpleasant as well. Um, <laughs> thing about Jason Barrow's artwork, I don't know what it is, but it's it's quite, it's very naturalistic, um, but quite unsettling at the same time. Um, is is is? Uh, I think it maybe maybe it's the uh, maybe because it's naturalistic when the characters are 
doing horrible things. It looks, uh, it looks so um, sort of so clear. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, um, he's happened to have drawn two of the two of the series that I found the most most disturbing. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, no. If anybody's not like come across crossed um, just yet, definitely check it out. It's uh, it's quite a series, and uh, if anything, like the covers all will uh, yeah take you aback. <laughs> There's quite a few, yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> so like certainly standouts. Um, one in particular is a chap scratching his uh, scratching his entire uh, torso um, and face, and he's uh, got scissors in his um, belt and a knife and all sorts. It's uh, it's kind of it's rather horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, Avatar kind of uh, kind of leaned into that quite a quite a bit <laughs> for the uh, for the time they were publishing it. Straight up. And uh, speaking of which, um, moving on to my favourite question, which is, what is your favourite cover? Um, right, I've um, yeah, I've picked a uh, I picked a two thousand AD one um, because those those tend to be the most my most memorable, memorable uh, covers of, uh, of the comics I've read, um, and. Uh, um, there's quite a wide field, but the one one that I was thinking of was my favourite is uh, is Prog six six nine. It's it's in the lead up to Necropolis, um, the Judge Dread mega epic where the where the where the Dark Judges come back and decimate the city. Um, but it features um, Judge Kraken, who's a who's a clone of Dread, um, but is uh, has got sort of evil leanings. Um, in the story, he uh, he's made to take a what he thinks is a lethal injection, um, but it turns out it isn't. But the cover by Carlos Esquera is um, is uh, Kraken um, with his fist kind of um, raised towards the reader, sort of um, about to inject mm-hmm. this uh, this um, this drug into his uh, into his bicep, um, and it's just it's just a re- it's just a really really powerful powerful image um it's sort of like the the uh the tagline is kind of sort of execution of duty um and um yeah just um really really strong image that it makes you want to uh it makes you want to pick you know pick up the comic and read in read on and see what see what's happening and of course you know carlos was an absolute king at um at strong covers um so uh so yeah, that's uh, that's 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 my favourite. Yeah, no, it's it is it's a really powerful image, um, and uh, not only is it sort of attention grabbing from a you know what's going on here, I want to find out more type of thing, but just kind of as a as an artist masterclass in perspective as well, just like yeah. because obviously his his left fist is closest to the reader. And he's like he's twisted in his upper upper body, and like his right hand is is far back. And I don't know, just like it's incredible the the perspective, and it does it feels like the fist is coming out at you, um, even though obviously it's a two D image. And uh, yeah, no, it's just it's it's in, incredibly um, uh, incredible craftsmanship, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. Carlos was uh, absolute master um, 
he uh, he's, he's kind of sorely missed because uh, he's, he's real. It was a real mm. b- backbone of uh, 2008 to, to a degree. Um, so uh, yeah, he always he'll always be a favourite artist of mine. You bet, you bet. Awesome. Um, now uh, moving on, uh, what comic do you repeatedly read the most? Um, <clears throat> I um, I don't I don't reread uh, comics an awful lot, um, but one that I um, will often flick through and reread um, is Watchmen because. Um, I feel you can it's, you can always pick it up and just flick through it and read a read a section of the story, and it'll it'll always draw you in, um, and um, and the storytelling craft of um, of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons is um, is so perfect and um, and so clever um, that you just kind of um, kind of marvel at it the way you might marvel at a piece of engineering you know sort of like mm. it's so you know perfectly put together. Um, so, um, so yeah, I'd say that's, that's the comic that I, uh, I can, I can, um, I can reread. Um, and don't, I mean, don't necessarily have to reread all of it. Just, 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 like I say, just, just, yeah. um, just read a, a section of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it still stands up after all these years. Totally. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, a. Uh... You know, it's a cornerstone of comics. <laughs> really yeah. it is. You know, it's uh, inescapable, and uh, yeah, everybody should be familiar with it if you're in the world of in the world of comics, really. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of like in, um, you know, fiction literature. Like I, I, I pretty much read Lord of the Rings every year. Or no, at right. least, yeah, at least kind of, you know, do what you were saying there. Like just read sections of it. Right. Um and just like revisit it like and kind of just get the same sense of um awe and wonder and um yeah, just uh enjoying the story <laughs> basically. Oh, cool. It's cool, isn't it? Uh, but uh yeah, no. Uh moving on to another um question that I'm very interested in and, and that is what's the most meaningful comic to you? Um meaningful. Um uh, what would I say? I mean, um, obviously, two thousand AD um, holds a great place in my heart. It's kind of like the uh, the uh, the comic that's kind of uh, that's that's always been around for a good uh, a good good part of my life. Um, uh, what what um, what else would I say? Um, I'd also I'd also say um, um, martial law uh, has been has been um, one of the one of the comics that has um, that has always uh, I've always I've absolutely loved um, certainly the certainly about the first first three or four arcs of it um, it kind of it's, it kind of uh, tailed off towards the uh, towards the end of it. Um, but uh, certainly the first first four um, series, I'd say, um, say Martial Law was one of the uh, was one of the one of the uh, one of one of my favourite ever ever um, comics. Um, and also, um, I'd say Hellblazer 
because um, it was the first um, US comic that I, that I ever bought. Um, I I grew up on the um, on the UK anthologies um, and was never interested in superhero comics. So the whole Marvel universe um, or DC universe didn't never really meant much to me. Um, but um, when I first started to um, um, sort of get into get into comics beyond beyond 2000 AD, and I, I tended to follow the uh, the writers and artists that I knew from 2000 AD and what they were what they were doing for the US. Um, I'd um, I'd heard about I'd heard about this um, this comic called Hellblazer. That, um, there used to be a there used to be a horror magazine called Fear that came out in uh, at the tail end of the uh, the 80s. And that had, a, that had a little short piece about this comic Hellblazer, and I thought, oh, I'll try that. Um, so, um, so yeah, I bought the, uh, the first ever first ever uh, US comic I bought was the, um, was an issue of Hellblazer that was like a few episodes into the Fear Machine storyline, um, and yeah, and um, and I kept get, getting Hellblazer all the way through nineties, and um, and kind of stopped getting it uh, around the early early noughties um so that that's kind of uh that's kind of had a certain a certain certain place place in my in my uh in my heart for uh for, for you know be it sort of yeah sort of, sort of been around for sort of, sort of quite a long time yeah totally um and i guess it's one of those again that you can kind of you know dip back into and kind of re relive the first time that you read it <laughs> sort of thing yeah, I mean, um, I, I have to, I have to say, I mean, um, yeah, Jamie Delano was writing it sort of when I, um, I started reading it, and um, and uh, I have to admit, I didn't always, always understand what was going on, um, and, uh, <laughs> and I kept getting it. And um, if you look back, some of those, um, some of those early issues, some of the art was pretty. Uh, after after John Ridgeway had um, stopped drawing for it, the uh, the artwork was quite um, quite ropey in places. Um, but then, um, um, Garth Ennis, uh, took over and, um, I can't remember when that, when that would have been about sort of, yeah, about early nineties maybe. Uh, and Steve, and Steve Dillon came on a little bit after that. And that was kind of like when, sort of, you know, Hellblazer, um, sort of really kind of, uh, lost some of its, some of its sort of esoteric edge that I didn't always, didn't always, um, catch up, you know, sort of pick, pick up on. Um, but, uh, but it became a sort of very much of a straightforward horror comic, um, and, uh, and came, you know, came quite a, quite a, um, perhaps a, you know, a lot more, more enjoyable for it, I think. Um, so yeah, yeah. Awesome. Fair play. Um, and following that, uh, what's the most underrated comic that you've read? Uh, underrated, um... What would I say? Um, oh, um, well, yeah. There's a um, um, yeah. When the, in the in the nineties, um, as I was saying, I, I kind of um, I started following US comics that I knew from the uh, the two thousand AD crowd, and I became something of a um, of a Vertigo kind of fan. Um, Obviously, yeah, I, was, I started getting Hellblazer before before the Vertigo brand came in, 
um and then then i started you know picking up all these um all these uh, vertigo titles from and uh knew a lot of the names um and one and what what i what i i liked about vertigo um was used to publish these little mini series um that um that often maybe possibly flew under the radar a little bit but um they could be really good and one of them um was the was this this series called the extremist that was written by peter milligan and drawn by ted mckeever um and i think it was about four issues um but it's really good um quite adult i mean it's kind of sort of dealing with sort of like some sort of kind of twisted sexual psychology and stuff um but um really gripping and um a real and you know reading it has sort of got a real sense of you know this is this is you know really written for adults you know and you know mm. really you know really intelligent intelligent writing um i love tevin mckeever's artwork um i used to you know pick up anything with his his name on it like you know metropole or um, stray toasters um and i think you know did another series i think for vertigo called industrial gothic i think right. um but yeah the extremist um is something is as I say, it's a sort of mini series that possibly flew under the radar, and probably I don't know if you, there's probably not a collection of it anywhere these days. Um, you know, you know what you you say that I I have actually managed to pick up a collected edition like secondhand, oh, right. for like for like six quid on oh. eBay, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's some uh, some bookshop in Southampton had it. Apparently, right. and uh, yeah, I've I've managed to track it down because I I'm always keen to 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 buy recommendations on the underrated comics. Right. So I, I I I try to track them down wherever I can, and I, I did manage to track this down. So <laughs> great! Right. Uh, have you read it yet, or is it not yet? No, no, no. It's yet to arrive. Okay. Um, right. So yeah, hope, hopefully I, in time for the weekend, and right. uh, I'll take an afternoon to uh, to flick through it. Okay. Well, I hope I haven't oversold it, but. Um... Because there's nothing worse when you when somebody absolutely recommends something to you and you uh, you look at the thing, oh God, what was this? Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was um, yeah I thought it was amazing. I'm 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 looking forward to it and uh, yeah no I'll 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 keep my expectations uh, neutral, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'll I'll enjoy it. Um, from from kind of like the premise and things it does it, as you kind of said before, it's it, it sounds gripping. Yeah. Um, a gripping storyline so um yeah no that's uh that's absolutely awesome uh now coming on to our last question um if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be um well um i think it will have to be um 2000 ad um because um it's a comic that's dealt with the apocalypse pretty much all its life um <laughs> Brendan McCarthy came out with a great phrase for it called the post post atomic comic, um, <laughs> which um, which it absolutely is. It's 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 a comic yeah. that was kind of created and read under the um, sort of under the shadow of nuclear war. Um, so it's all its story. Well, you know, a lot of its stories are kind of. Um, are kind of dealing with that sense of the uh, of the post apocalypse, um, or you know something like radiation fallout, or you know mutants and 
and um and so it's um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a real um end of the world comic um there's no there's not many utopias in 2000 ad it's all about how badly can things can go wrong and how will yeah. people deal with them when they go wrong um so yeah so um i think 2000 e was the uh is the ideal reading uh for the, for the apocalypse um 100 percent. Uh, and the yeah. question is how, how how many long boxes is that going to be <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. Um, unfortunately, two thousand e's only really fits into uh, into those kind of crates, really, because it's too it's too big for your for your regular long box. Um, so yeah, you're gonna need uh, you're gonna need um, several several crates worth to uh, to get everything from Prog One. Um, well, we can we, we we can certainly supply you that in your mansion. Okay. Um, and uh yeah no um you'll 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 be all set to to to, to flick through at your uh your leisure uh but along with the complete collection of 2018 uh what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well um uh well i think i think the best thing is 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 um is to have a zombie a zombie death bat um which is nice. basically um uh, uh, uh some kind of baseball bat with uh, embedded nails. Um, there's a um, there's a there's a kid show on Netflix uh, called uh, Making Fun um, that my kids like, which is basically kids come up with ideas for uh, for toys, and then these uh, bunch of toy makers have to make them for them. Mm-hmm. And um, in one in one bit, one of these toy makers is having to make a zombie death bat, so he's um, basically hammering these nails into this uh, into this baseball bat um so uh so that that seems that seems like the ideal thing to uh to have um uh to uh if i can keep reusing it over and over again and it doesn't doesn't wear out i think uh, i'll keep that with me oh absolutely it's a, a, essential weaponry for yeah. the zombie outbreak for sure um well matt smith thank you so much for joining us on comics for the apocalypse it's it's been a real pleasure i oh, love it no thank you for having me Excellent. Um, and uh, for, for for the listeners, um, what what should we be looking out for um, coming up in in the world of two thousand AD? Uh, well, um, yeah, got a uh, got a new Rogue Trooper series uh, written by Garth Ennis and drawn by Patrick Goddard. That's uh, starting at the beginning of April, um, right. which I think is uh, is well worth uh, well worth checking out if. Uh, if people, any anyone, anyone listening who's kind of um, maybe drifted away from two thousand AD wants to uh, wants to wants to start reading again, then um, that that issue, uh, probably twenty three, twenty six, be a good one to jump in on. Um, also got a new Durham Red series starting at the same time. Um, so um, so yeah, we got um, so we've got new new series like that starting. Um, got brand new series uh, like like. Void Runners by David Hyde and Boo Cook, which is very kind of trippy, kind of uh, Dune-like sci-fi strangeness. Um, nice, that's worth worth checking out. And um, and yeah, we'll have more more kind of specials coming out later in the year. Where we'll uh, we'll be mixing things around in two thousand eight. The um, the the zombie issue that we did uh, last year went down very well. Um, yeah. So um, so expect to see more. Of that kind of uh, special self-contained issue 
uh, in the future. Nice. And then do you, do you have any um, near future aspirations to get back into writing yourself? Or are you, um, you, you busy enough as it is? Um, I'd like to. I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, I'd like to actually sit down and you know write a, you know write a write a novel, unconnected with with uh, with with two thousand AD. Yeah, just right. um, just a re- um, sort of regular regular mainstream novel. Um, but I can never uh, I can never find the kind of time or energy to uh, to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, it's a massive undertaking. <laughs> It is, yeah. Um, unfortunately, the the kind of model for um, uh, book publishing is that um, certainly for kind of um, new writers that they want to see the completed manuscript uh, mm. before they'll uh, before they'll consider it. And in comics, you kind of like the writer will pitch an idea, and the editor says yes or no, and then they write it. You know, yeah. and you, you know, on the understanding that a they'll be paid for it, and b mm. they'll be published. Um, but in uh, in in novels, you have to uh, you have to spend about six months writing a seventy thousand word novel in the hope that somebody might like it. Yeah, um, and be and be on the breadline. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, it's quite a, quite a big quite a big undertaking. No, no real uh, no real guarantee that it'll, uh, it'll anyone will like it at the end of it. So um, so yeah, well, I'll, 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 I'll maybe I'll get round to it one day. But uh, but yeah, I have to summon up the energy to do it. Fantastic. Well, I'll uh, I'll look out for that when it happens. Um, And uh, other than that, I mean, you know, again, Matt, thank you so much for for coming on this 200th episode of uh, of my itty bitty (laughs) podcast. It's it's been it's been a real honour and a pleasure. And uh, thank you for for your service to comics as well. I mean, um, just long, long may it continue. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. You take care, Matt. Cheers. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks again to Matt for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Matt's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally... As long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you when I see you. Bye for now.